Sidney Grice was not at all what I expected. Though he stood erect, he was not much taller than my five feet and two inches, and slightly built. His hair was thick and black, and swept back from a high forehead. His nose was long and thin, and there was something almost effeminate about his appearance, with his bowed lips, smooth pale face, and a dimple on his delicately constructed chin. Miss Middleton. His greeting was civil but not effusive. His hand was small with long, slender fingers, but his grip was strong. How unlike your dear mother. His voice was soft but clear. His eyes were pale blue and glassy, though his gaze was direct and his lashes were long and curled up in a way that I could only dream of. You knew her? It was my privilege, he said. The pity is that you did not. You have no luggage? Only this travelling bag. My boxes are to follow. We will take tea at once, Molly. Come, Miss Middleton, let me show you around your new home. I followed him through the open doorway into a good-sized morning room. Straight ahead were two high-backed leather armchairs, either side of a fireplace. To the right were six upright chairs, round a low mahogany tea table. At the far end, behind a wooden filigree screen, tall windows opened onto the street. The screen is to conceal me from snipers, he said. Have you ever been shot at? Many times, he touched his left shoulder, but only hit once. I prefer it when they miss. I laughed, and Sidney Grice looked at me bleakly. That was not a joke, he said. Get down! With that, he threw himself to the floor, and I kneeled quickly beside him. Absolutely hopeless, he said. You will have to be faster than that in a real emergency. If you were wearing a bustle, you would— Oh! I looked up at the window in horror. Look out! Sidney Grice flung himself down again as I got up. Annoying, isn't it? I said. I do not think we shall play that game again. Sidney Grice brushed himself off. It is a game that may well save your life one day. I would rather die sensibly, I told him, and he put his hand to his right eye. Behind us was a library with four-leafed doors folded back so that the two rooms flowed into one. The library was lined with shelves, all crammed with books and papers, and one wall backed a row of oak cabinets, each with four drawers. These two chambers make up my study, the heart and mind of the house. You have a great many files, I said. I am compiling a catalogue of every crime committed in this country throughout the century, he told me. A Herculean task, but I am convinced that it is time well spent. It is a proven fact that criminals repeat their own and each other's acts, so I am creating a system whereby every crime can be cross-referenced and an instant solution found as to its method and perpetrator. Is that alcohol I detect on your breath? He looked at me sharply. I felt a little faint as I disembarked, I said, but a passing parson very kindly gave me a sip of brandy from what I believe is called a hip flask to revive me. It is gin, Sidney Grice said. Oh, really? I would not know the difference. He narrowed his eyes and we went back into the hall. Surely there must be some new crimes, I said, but Sidney Grice huffed. The criminal mind is perverted and convoluted, but almost invariably unimaginative, he said, as Molly came out in a fluster. Oh, sir, she went pink. What an incomplete disaster. We are quite out of afternoon tea. We have some morning and mountains of evening, but there is not a mouse dropping of afternoon to be had. Sidney Grice scowled. Then go and get some immediately, and be sure it is weighed properly, he said. Idiotic girl. He 
added as she scurried out. That, he pointed past the stairs, is the domestic world. I shudder to think what goes on down there. The first floor had a drawing room looking across to the university buildings. At the back was the dining room, with a dumb waiter, and the faint smell of cabbage. Whilst we are alone, I shall tell you something which you will find embarrassing, Sidney Grice told me. You are wearing brown shoes. I know. He winced. Brown is for the country. One wears black in town. But I left the country this morning, I said. At what stage should I have changed them? Sidney Grice frowned. I see you have spirit, a modern but not a feminine quality. With regard to your question, I believe that Kilburn is generally regarded as the outermost reach of civilization. I never venture beyond it.